This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur. And what we're talking about this week is numbers. What really works as a number for us as a property business owner? Now, I'm sure I'm going to have lots of people shouting at their phones during this episode because the figures I'm going to be talking about are not what we all usually think we're going to be talking about. And they will vary depending on where you are in your property journey and what you actually do. Now, I've also assumed that you're a property investor or a developer or a business owner for property. You know, you might be a landlord and you've not got income generating sidelines such as mentoring, education, deal packaging, any of those things are wonderful for big cash injections. Single stream income. Now, the vital thing, and I hope it's not a surprise to any of you, your business and the figures that really matter to you as a business will differ from the property bit, which is what we normally talk about, which is actually to do with the investment side of the money, which happens to be in property. But that's not the business. You know, what is in the bank? Who's paying the bills? What's in it for you? Because you're not the business. Most of us now work in limited companies. And you cannot just get money out of a limited company willy-nilly because you've got a gas bill to pay at home. You've got to account for all this stuff. So you've got to know what your business is doing. So I'm afraid we're not going to have in-depth discussions about ROIs, ROCEs, yields, etc. It's not relevant to this part of the business. I've worked with lots of small builders, beginner property businesses, and some people are ostriches. They concentrate on each deal because if you think about it, that's all we do at property meets and when we go for mentoring, concentrate on the deal. Even I will say to people in my accountability group, give me the numbers. How did you do? Very rarely will I say to them, okay, got to the end of the month. How are you on your profit and loss? Partly because I think I might be met by a blank look. And secondly, because it's quite embarrassing for some people to admit they either don't know or they're definitely in the red because their their amazing deal that they've just told me about, that was amazing. That had lots of figures and they were definitely doing it well. But the deals and the businesses may not actually add up to a success. And that's what I find so sad is that some people go bust because they do not focus on the basics. They're really good at doing what they did. Some builders are wonderful at building and others can find a cracking deal that makes amazing amounts of money. But they don't think outside the narrow property bit. And I think that's where a problem is with small builders. You know, the ones that we all like to use, they run off their feet. They're so popular. They're brilliant. But actually, they're too busy. They're not making a profit. And all it takes is one client not to pay that stage payment. And it all comes down like a pack of cards. And where does that leave us? Halfway through uh, a renovation, bills mounting, and no end in sight to this build. Because remember, we get paid either on a sale or on a renovation through um, a, a remortgage. So it does matter to us what other companies do that we're employing. Well, property like farming 
is either a feast or a famine, basically. And there have been some of my clients who have, no matter how they try, have found that all their yearly income comes in in one quarter. Oh my word, think about that. Because the bills going out don't go out in one quarter. They go out every single month, like clockwork. It's, it's very distressing. So we've got to make sure that there is, we know our numbers and there is cash in the bank for when we need to pay those bills. No matter what the expense is, we have to remember this and we have to ring fence the money to pay them because you need to honour your bills or its curtains. Someone is going to put you into liquidation. And of course, let's just put it, remember Mr. McCorber in Charles Dickens? Well, he really had nailed it. You're basically, your incoming must be more than your outgoings. And that isn't something that everyone has completely grasped. And that's partly because we get completely bowled away when we first come into property about the fun of it all and how much money we can make and everything else. And, and it's all about us doing it. We forget that actually we have business, business costs. Anyone who's watched Homes Under the Hammer will know that you can sometimes hear the figures and you know they're not right. They haven't made that huge profit because they haven't paid themselves. They haven't taken into consideration their time. And if you're a business owner and you cannot cover the costs, you'll be insolvent. Insolvent companies cannot keep going. They cannot go just bimbling along, hoping, hoping that at some point it'll all go right. You'll get closed down. And that's a whole can of worms that require you to get specialist help and more payment. And you'll either have to wind up or give it a cash injection, or you may have your creditors demanding payment by, you know, sell your assets or wind you up. And that is really stressful. And what a shame if you've poured your heart and soul into all of this. Why would you jeopardize all your hard work by not having enough money in the bank to pay those payments when they happen? Well, whatever way you look at it, you don't want that to have to happen. So the most important question you need to ask yourself is, can I afford to run this business? Now, that seems like a very easy question, but it's not a nice one to ask if you've been running it for several years and you find you can't because you've got two choices then. You're probably going to have to change your strategy so that you can get some really good cash flow in to start bulking out your working capital. But if you've never run a business before, then the huge range of expenses will surprise and horrify you. It's the cost of doing business, so get over it. And they do differ from business to business. But even a basic solopreneur working out of a cardboard box at home is going to have some costs. Now, in the old days, big costs like the accountant could be offset every year and just have a one-off payment. But no, no, nowadays we do it all online. People like solicitors and accountants, they want to have a retainer because funnily enough, they've got cash flow problems too. So you've got to pay these stuff monthly. And of course, then you've got computers and you've got electricity and phones, uniforms, branding, all's got a cost, even if you do it very cheaply and go on Fiverr. And of course, unless you're going to do property within walking distance or cycling, perhaps, you're going to have travel costs and petrol costs money. And that's at the moment going up and up. And of course, training. Do you need training on anything? A mastermind group, accountability. These things cost money. But don't worry, before you hyperventilate and feel you can't do anything, remember this is a business. This is not you, this is a business. And you can put seed capital into it, which you'll get back once the money starts to flow back in. Now, if you don't have seed capital, then you've got to think very very carefully. You've got two options. You either get a loan from someone or a bank, or you don't do it. Now, I don't have a problem with either. Sometimes I have people on strategy days that at the end of it go, I don't want to do this. It's all too risky. That's fine. That that we can live with. But 
if you cannot convince somebody that you're a good bet and that you understand what you're doing, how can you go and do it yourself and, and get more in investment as you go along? Because the startup costs are tiny compared to what you're going to have to raise in order to buy property to do renovations on and to make all that money you're talking about. And of course, why are you doing it? Well, I hope you're not doing it for free. I hope you're going to have a salary. And this is where the waters really do get murky. If you're plunging straight in, you're going to need a salary from day one because who's paying your mortgage? Who's paying your gas bill? Who's taking you on holiday? Because a business is a separate entity. You cannot just take funds out of a company willy-nilly. You cannot put, you know, two weeks on Costa Brava on your business account unless you really were doing a working holiday. And salary is always tricky because it's often totally overlooked by entrepreneurs. It, yeah, it's not really important. It's just little you. But you've got to have it written in there. Now, you might not be able to get it out for the first few years, but get it rolled over. Get it there so that you can take it out when the money does start to come in. Because if you don't, this is a fun hobby. It's a totally different thing if it's a fun hobby. Now, I also meet those, and I'm very wary of them, who I think have unreal expectations that every third flip, Rachel, will pay the salary. Well, what happens if that third flip gets downgraded, which I'm hearing more and more of at the moment? Or have I just met somebody with a crystal ball? Because I don't think any of us have one of those. So how can we guarantee that that third property coming at the end of the year, perhaps, is going to be the one that pays us all the money that we're owed? I don't believe any of that. So now you know how much you cost to run, you can start to add to this and make informed decisions. We like informed decisions. So you want to scale, you want to grow. Well, you need to employ somebody and you're going to have to pay their tax, national insurance, and even remote workers need to be paid. Now, the great thing is, that if you know your bottom line, all the costs you've got to date, you will now know how much you're going to pay for that person who's going to help you. But very quickly, you should also be able to understand how much they're bringing into the business. And if you're paying them £10 an hour and they bring in £30 an hour's worth of profit, that's great. But if they cost £10 an hour and they bring in £5 an hour's worth of difference, you're going to have to think again. That's why it's really important to know your numbers. I have to say, I've seen firsthand how the failure to understand the difference between a property deal set of figures and the business figures can lead to total disaster. One of which is that people who are borrowing money, and we all do this, end up robbing Peter to pay Paul. And they end up in a spiral of interest payments going out every month and the money coming in and paying all those necessary bills. But they're not being, the money isn't being invested in the property deals that will bring you big chunks of cash back. In fact, you end up almost running a Ponzi scheme, don't you? You have to go out and find another investor to pay the first investor back out. That's not what you want to be doing at all. And talking about that, cash flow. Cash flow. Why do we never talk about cash flow? We do, funnily enough, when we're doing deals. Everyone gets very excited about that. You know, when I put these figures in, it will tell me I'll run out of money halfway through the deal or I won't. It's all going to be lovely. Well, cash flow isn't just an abstract interactive spreadsheet to tell you whether you're going to run out of money doing that project. You've got to have your head office cash flow chart. This is something most people don't have, and you should have it. It's completely separate to the nuts and bolts of the actual developing. And it's not the stuff that gets highlighted on property courses, because to be quite honest, it's a little bit boring for most people. It's not the sexy, wonderful stuff. It's not the things that most property gurus can put up on their websites. You know. 
X understood how to do HQ forecasting. No, it's it's not. It doesn't cut the mustard, does it? It doesn't make you think, I too want to go and work with that person. But it should do. Because failure to have enough money to pay the VAT every month or quarter, the tax, national insurance on the payroll, CIS. CIS, people forget CIS all the time, but it's it's there. If you've got somebody working you know, on a property and it's not yours, you're going to have to pay CIS. And of course, if you can't pay them, you're going to be fined. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think of very few things that are more stressful than being made to pay a fine on money I haven't got. That's why we need to know our numbers. You've got to know what all the funds are in your business and ring fence them as and when required. Because even if you've listened to everybody and you've outsourced accounting as your first outsourcing, that does not remove your responsibility for knowing what your figures are and what your business is actually doing. Whilst you go off and have a lovely time, you know, looking for scatter cushions and grey paint, that's not being a CEO. So knowing your numbers it means you've got your back. And that's really important. It means that you won't be told at the end of the year by your accountant that you've had a fantastic year. You've had a great time. You've really enjoyed it. But actually, you've got to close down because you're, you've run out of money. No, you shouldn't be doing that. You will already know by the end of quarter one or quarter two, whatever it is, because you've got, you know your numbers and you can do something about that. And that, in property terms, means making decisions to bring in more money. Are you going to go and get deal sourcing done? Or are you actually going to stop buying assets and just flip, flip, flip to get that money cushion in? Very few companies have the ability to do that. And that's the marvel of doing a property business. So make sure you know your numbers so that you can pivot and move with it. But do the other figures matter? Yes, of course they do. But they do differ from project to project. So I don't think from a point of view of talking amongst ourselves that they're that important, really, because it all involves equity as well. And I'm not very impressed by somebody who says, well, of course, I'm really good at property. I have the most amazing property business. You know, I've got um, X number of buildings. Well, is that owned outright? Are they mortgaged? What's the loan to value? And don't think you're so big you can't go down. Oh, yes, you can. It's not just the little people who go down. The big people do go down and they go down spectacularly. If you don't believe me, look up Imagine Homes that was the biggest buy-to-let company at one stage worth 100 million. Now, I'm sure everyone on the board was absolutely behind the level of borrowings they had at the time, but it was totally unsustainable when the credit crunch hit and they couldn't remortgage, they couldn't refinance, and they couldn't sell. Suddenly, those assets are fairly worthless, aren't they? Because you only crystallize a loss when you have to sell. And that company had existed for seven years before all went wrong. Well, all I can say is, if you're that big, you're probably not listening to me. But... I know that people listening to this will go on to fund big property deals and big property companies. It's the way of the world. Everyone starts small and some people just go on growing and others just stay, you know, 20 to 30 buildings or whatever it is that floats your boat. Well, I think the most important number of all is actually the numbers that tell you your health and liquidity of your business. Are you solvent? That's the kind of chatter that makes up a lot of the strategy days. What are your numbers? So don't worry, though, if you're on strategy day with me, because I don't spring this on you. Everyone gets a a pre-workshop book to ask the questions that you've got to find out the answers to. What are your numbers? What do they mean to you? And how will they look in five and 10 years time? What if the interest rate goes up? How are you going to get new investment in? Because absolutely crucial to growing and scaling investment inwards. You know, do your books actually allow for inward investment? Or are you so in debt and rickety that no one in their right minds would, would lend you money? You know, that can happen. 
You know, do you need to slow down your rate of asset buying to create healthy working cash balance? And don't worry about hearing that because when we're funny, our brain's funny, isn't it? Most people hear that and they go, oh, Rachel told me I can't buy any assets. It's the whole point of being in property. No, you can buy assets, but just once you've got yourself back onto the straight and narrow, that's what it's all about, having a strategy day to know what you're doing now, this year, next year. So if you feel that strategy day would be interesting to you, you know, DM me on Facebook or Insta or send me an email to rachel at racheltroughton.com and I spell my name A-E-L. So property solopreneurs, do you know what numbers are really important to you and what they are? Or will your next trip to see the accountant be a sad and unpleasant one? Well, of course not, because you all listen to the Property Solopreneur podcast and you love doing property successfully. So I hope I've been talking to the converted, really, and you're just all nodding sagely at your phones. And that when you next go to see your accountant, it's going to be a discussion about profit and abundance. Lovely word, abundance, isn't it? And that, of course, you're then going to have to try and work out the other problem, how to spend it and reinvest it. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.